0: All right. Let me turn that up a little bit. Okay, is everybody excited to be here? Yeah. Alright, well we're excited too, and we're gonna kinda get some things set up here and we're gonna have a, a little fun here. You guys like to have fun in church? Yeah. Well oh, we like to have fun too. And I'm gonna introduce my family. This is my wife Diane, Five Honey. And this is Josiah, this is Ben, Micah, Zach, Nathan, Tori and Tessa. Okay, that's the show. You guys can go home. See you later. (laughs) Now, a lot of you don't know this, but Eric and I, we go back. We actually met in about 2005, right? It was about 2004 or 5. I met him down in Arizona at a conference that we were at. And then uh, he said, well, I need to invite you to come to our church. So in 2006, we actually came to your church. But since then, I invited Eric to come up hunting with me one time. And Eric came up, and we got in our, our pickup truck, and we had our shotguns there, and we're driving, and... You know, we're looking for a good place to hunt. Anybody ever hunt pheasants? Well, in South Dakota, that is our state bird. We actually hunt our state bird, (laughs) okay, in South Dakota. Well, I invited Eric to come up, hunt a little pheasants with us, and so we're up there, and we're looking for a good place to hunt. And as we're driving around, I said, hey, there's a farmer's field over here. You know, I'm going to ask that farmer if we can hunt in his field. So I said, Eric, you stay here. I'm going to go ask this farmer. So I ran over to the farmer. And I said, hey, would it be okay if we hunt on your property? And the farmer says, well, you know what? Yes, on one condition. He says, see that old gray horse over there? That old horse is sick and dying, and she needs to be shot. But I've just been so good to the family, and I just don't have the nerve to shoot it. Would you please shoot my horse for me? Then you can hunt on our property. I thought, well, it'll be tough for me too, but I'll do it. No problem. So as I'm running back to the truck, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to play a joke on Eric here. So I come back to Eric, and he said, what the farmer say? I said, well, that no good dirty farmer. He said, no. See that horse over there? Boom, I shot that horse dead, you know, and I'm laughing. And all of a sudden, I hear two more shots. Boom, boom. It's Eric running to the truck. Good job, Bruce. I got two of his cows. Let's get out of here. <laughs> no, that didn't really happen. Okay, that's just a joke, okay? <laughs> but we like to have <clears throat> fun. But uh, we've got a poster here, Champions Choose the Easy Path. No. Is that what it says? No. no. Okay. We're going to have a little fun, and we have these guys in the music back there. We need some music, please. Here we go.
1: How is, how is everyone doing today? Good. Good. All right. I'm going to do a cheer. I'm going to yell out, choose to be. You all yell out champion. Choose to be. Get a, little, get a little enthusiasm. Choose to be. Champion. I'm going to say, how do you feel? You all yell out great. How do you feel? Great. One big clap. Everyone together, one big clap. I'm going to say, did you guys get it? You guys are going to say, got it. Did you get it? it. I'm going to say, see it. You guys are going to say, saw it. Did you see it. Saw it. One big clap. Alright, I'm gonna check your memory. We can rewind the tape and see if you guys learn anything. Choose to be? Come on guys, did you forget? Choose to be? How do you feel? I think somebody said yeah, somebody over there. It's it's um how do you feel? One big clap? Did you guys get it? Did you see it? One big clap. Alright, I need four big sucker, I mean volunteers to help us out. Let's get you. Come on up. Let's get you in the jean jacket. And then let's get you in the back. come on up and somebody from over here. Let's get the lady in the back. Come on up. Yep, come on up. Yeah. righty. you can stand there. you can stand there. you can stand here and and you can stand right here, ma'am. Alright, we have Ben, Micah, and Zach, and we're gonna you can turn and face to the crowd. Okay. They each have applesauce. They're gonna spin a basketball on the edge of the spoon while the ball is spinning, they're gonna feed our volunteers some applesauce. We need you guys' help and want you guys to clap and yell, go, go, go! Music please. Hands, I
2: Bam.
0: big hand. Good job. Okay, choose to be. How do you feel? One big clap. Did you get it? Did you see it? One big clap. Okay, Eddie, you want to help me? Eddie, come on up. Yeah. Let's give him a big hand. All right. All righty. You know, every now and then you run into a guy. Hey, come here, Eddie. Come on. Yeah, front and center. Every now and then you run into a guy who's got a lot of enthusiasm and just needs to be up in front and just to have a little fun. And yesterday we got him a t-shirt. He's all set. But are you ready for your trick? a trick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, give it, just give it your best shot. We need some music. Here we go. Jesus, place in your head. Okay, choose to be. How do you feel? One big clap? Did you get it? Did you see it? One big clap. Hey, let's give that worship team earlier a big hand. That guy did a great job. I appreciate that. Um, you we get to travel a lot and I meet a lot of cool people, and we're meeting a lot of talented people. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna see how talented some of you in this crowd are. We're gonna get maybe a, a mom, four. Uh, four people: mom and a dad, and a mom and a dad. Doesn't have to be from the same family, but somebody that's a little older here. Okay, <sighs> let's get Eric. Come on up, Eric. You can come on up. And let's get the the secretary. Yep, come on. There you go. Stop hiding behind that. Let's get the worship lady. Come on. And your husband? Is that your husband? Yeah. Come on. There you go. Let's get the whole nine yards up there. There we go. Good job. Let's get that shaved guy's head right here, up here. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you're the only guy with a shaved head. Come on, sir. Yep, there we go. All righty. And you know what? We need one more woman up here to kind of balance it out. This lady? Yes, hiding behind the camera. There you go. Yep. With the glasses. All right, now we're going to need about six students to come up here. Six students. Let's get this guy. Let's get that guy. Yeah. Where else? Somebody over there? Yeah, that girl. Come on. There we go. Let's get this girl. That girl. Yep, this guy. Come on up there. Good job. I think that's about it. All right, good job. Everybody kind of spread yourselves out. Give yourself a little room. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a little fun. We're going to teach you guys how to do the incredible catch. Scoot back there, young lady. So it's in a straight line. Good job. We're going to teach you how to do the incredible catch. The incredible catch is a pass you throw to yourself, and you're going to catch it in an awkward position. Who's going to do this? Josiah, want to try Ben's gonna kind of Okay. <laughs> All righty. Come on up, Ben. Ben's gonna throw the ball over his head instead of catching it at his back, which is much too easy. He's gonna actually go between his legs with both hands and catch it right there. This is the. This is that was slow motion. Here's fast motion. Up, boom. Got to get this pass just right. You can throw it up, boom. One big clap. Everybody together. One big clap. Everybody, put your basketball on the floor. Good job. Spread your feet out a little bit. Good job. Now, you're going to pretend you're holding a basketball in your hand. Throw it kind of toward the back. Go between the legs. Okay? <laughs> Try it again. Throw it between the legs. Now, I noticed some of you, when you did this, listen, I'm going to give you a little hint. Even though you can't see the basketball, look the direction the basketball's coming. In other words, don't do this. <laughs> the basketball isn't there. It's going to be back there. So look down here it'll help you to stretch your hands beyond your rear end for some of you who are challenged in that area. Okay, all right? <laughs> so we're going to give you 30 seconds. Now, listen, anybody who does this in the course of 30 seconds is going to win a nice, big, juicy $100 bill, okay? Now, this puts a whole new definition to the word volunteer, right? Now you're paid. You're a paid worker, all right? But you gotta get the got to get the thing. But listen, I did this one time. And the guy threw it up over his head. He caught it with one hand between his legs, one hand outside his legs. He looked at me and said, Bruce, I caught it. I said, no, you didn't. You had one hand in. Both hands have to be between the legs. He looked at me and said, well, don't I at least get 50 bucks? You know, half? I said, no, both hands have to be between the legs. So everybody, pick up your basketball. Good job. You take, step up here, buddy. About right there. Come up, right there. Stay. Come up here, sir. Stay. Come up here. Stay. Come up here. Stay. Stay. Come up here, stay. Come up here, and stay. Everybody face that direction so the basketballs don't hit the stairs back there. We're going to keep kind of going in one direction. We're going to give you 30 seconds. When I say go, you start that music. Okay, and here's what we're going to do. 30 seconds. If you don't get it on your first try, run after your basketball. Try it again. Okay? Do you think anybody's going to get it? Okay? Now, if you were up here, you'd want people cheering for you, wouldn't you? Put your hands together, cheer them on. Ready? Do your best. On your marks, get set, go. Music, please. There you go. Over the head, between the legs. Between the legs here. Oh. (laughs) No, you got to go between your legs. You're going behind your back, you folks. There you go. Yep. Reach between the legs. There you go. Yep. There you go. Come on. $100. $100, folks. People must not want that money very bad. I don't see people hustling. Oh, Eric, you almost got it. Oh. Good job. Good job. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Uh, Okay, stop. Okay, give him a big hand. Good job. I don't think, did anybody get it? He got it? Okay, come up here, sir. Did he get it? Oh, this is him? Okay, okay, he did get it. He's, we got video evidence of this guy getting it. Oh, man, he got it. Wow. What's your name, sir? David. David. Okay, let's keep pastor up here, secretary, singer, and David. The rest of you guys go have a seat. Give him a big hand. All right. Come on up here, David. Now, come here. Now, what do you do for a living?
1: Uh, work for the railroad.
0: Okay, work for the railroad. Let's give the a, railroad a big hand. All right. Have you ever won anything like this in front of so many people and beat all the competition?
1: Not that I can remember.
0: Okay, what do you say to all your fans? Thank you. Good job. All right. (laughs) No, what do you say to them? What do you mean? Well, I mean, these guys were cheering you up. Good job. (laughs) All right, what did I promise him? Did that actually come out of my mouth? Nice, big, juicy $100. You know what? We need to just, uh, we have a little problem. And the problem is I've done this a lot. Nobody's ever caught it. So I don't carry that much money. Besides, you saw how many kids I had, right? Look at Tori over there. She's crying. She's not going to be eating today. Maybe we could just forget about it. We forget about it? Sure. Is that the right thing to do? Hey, whose side are you on? Come on. (laughs) All right. Should we pay this guy? All right. Bring it up. All righty. Good job. Hey, you did such a great job. You ever shop at Walmart? Yes. Okay. Listen, go to Walmart slap that stuff that you want on the counter, show this lady this money, say, give me my stuff, I'll be visiting you in prison. All righty? All righty. righty. Good job. We're going to have a little fun with you. Let's have the secretary stand right here, ma'am. Okay? Good job. You're going to stand right there. You're going to stand right here, ma'am. Good job. And then Eric, you're next. And then sir, you're next. Right over there. Yep. Yep. Good job. Very good. All right, face this direction. We're going to play a little catch. Music, please. Here we go. How do you feel? One big clap. Did you get it? Did you see it? One big clap. You know a lot of people ask me how do you do all this stuff with a basketball and to give you a little background I grew up in South Dakota. I still live there. I grew up in a family of 12 children. I'm actually number 11 of 12 for you can you can do the math that's 10 older brothers and sisters. I have one younger sister and my whole family played sports growing up. And as a little kid, I can remember thinking, I want to become either the best football player or the basketball player that I could become. My brothers went off to college. My oldest brothers went off to college, came home when I was just a little kid, and they had learned how to spin a basketball on their finger like this. They brought that home, and they taught my older sister, Tanya. She's 10 years older than me. They they taught her how to spin a basketball. And being I'm the younger brother, you know, I was like a little sponge. I was absorbing everything, and I wanted to learn how to spin a basketball. The first time I tried it, here's what it looked like right here. I couldn't spin it, but I kept practicing. One day, it actually stayed up there for a couple of seconds. I kept practicing to the point where I could get it up there and then hit it. And the only problem with that is I developed a blister on the end of my finger. How many of you have ever had a blister on the end of your finger before? Who's never had a blister on the end of your finger before? Who does not understand the question? (laughs) Well, I had a blister there, and it hurt. So every time I spun it, I had to switch it to the next finger, then the next, then the next I would spin it on whichever finger did not hurt. Pretty soon all the fingers were hurting, so I went down to the knuckles like this right here. To the pinky knuckle to the first, to the pinky to the first, up to the finger. You could spin the ball in the palm of your hand, walk it up like this. Sometimes when I'm doing a program, of course my finger gets tired, right? <clears throat> so I spin it on the microphone like that. And you see, if I hit the ball, it keeps it going, but if I don't hit it, what happens? Slows down and falls off. Well, I'm not going to hit that ball, and it's going to fall off here any second. It's going to fall any second. Getting slower, slower, slower. It's going to fall off. Oh, I guess not. (laughs) This is called spinning the basketball really slow. All right, one big clap. You know, when I throw the ball in the air and I catch it on my finger, or if I throw it a little higher, catch it on my finger, or if I almost touch the ceiling and catch it on my finger, people usually ask me the five-word question. You know what that question is? How do you do that, right? (laughs) How do you do that? Well, I couldn't do anything without practicing. And believe me, I couldn't do anything without the gifts that God has blessed me with. And people say, well, Bruce, you play basketball. What's the greatest move you ever learned? Well, the greatest move I ever learned went like this. Oh, I forgot to tell you. The greatest move I ever learned doesn't involve a basketball. It's this move right here. I got on my knees. I made Jesus Christ Lord of my life. Asked him to forgive me of my sins. I asked him to make me the kind of person he wanted me to be. And you see, I've traveled all over the world, got to meet people like Michael Jordan. We've been with Steph Curry, LeBron James, all the top NBA players. But the most profound person that we've ever seen or met is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus. He wants you guys on his team. But I'm not going to sit up here. And beg you guys to follow Christ. You know, I'm assuming if you're in this church, you're probably a Christian. Or at least you have some form of Christianity in your life. But we want to challenge you to take your life to the next level. Could you bring one of those up here, Micah, for me? We'll be taking the program here to the next level in just a little bit. But how many of you have ever seen that show called America's Got Talent? Well, you know, a lot of people have had a dream of being on that show. It was never my dream to be on the show called America's Got Talent. As a matter of fact, we kind of shunned that show. But uh, we ended up being on that show. We rode. Does anybody know what this is? Yeah. Is it a little bit different than the ones we were riding earlier? Does it look like a, like a dangerous? How many of you would actually like to try to ride this? Raise your hand. A couple of you. All right. Eric. <laughs> Here's what you do, Eric. You're going to get right here, and you're going to climb up these little steps we put on here. You're going to get onto the top. There are going to be about three or four guys holding it while you get up there. And then you sit on the seat. You know, put your feet on the pedal, sit on the seat. You look around the crowd, wave to everybody, because you'll be waving goodbye. <laughs> it's the last thing you probably ever do, all right? Jesus will be, you know, saying, what'd you do that for? <laughs> but, uh... We actually performed on America's Got Talent with those unicycles, and we went through four levels, made it all the way to the, out of 100,000 acts, all the way to New York City, performed in front of 20 million people on live television at Radio City Music Hall. It was a great experience, and it was a, a challenge. But, you know, God has opened up some cool doors like that over the years. You know, and um, how many of you know who were in the finals of the NBA last year? Who, who was it? Cavs and the Warriors. Who is in the finals the year before that? And who was in the finals the year before that? No, Cavs and Warriors. <laughs> They've been there for three years. Alright, it's, it's an easy answer. And they sell the courtside seats for $20,000 a seat at those final games. Is that a lot of money? That's like major cash. I mean, I know, know some people that make that in a year. You know, would you spend your whole year life of work to, to go to one basketball game for about two or three hours? I don't know if you have money to burn, maybe you could do that, but there, that's, the, that's the facts. The reason I know that is because in 2015 my family and I performed for game three of the NBA Finals. 2016 we performed for game six of the NBA Finals. And in 2017 we were going to perform for game six, but it only went to five games. So on the count of three everybody say, oh one two three. Oh, oh yeah well, that was fun though, but it's really cool when we walk onto the court and when we walk onto the court, they have 30,000 screaming fans in the Cavs stadium at game six, 30,000, 60,000 out in the parking lot, watching it on jumbotrons, and we, won, we walked out into the court. Steph Curry and the Warriors, LeBron James and the Cavs had to walk off. You know why? It was our court time. We went out in the court, and that night there were two winners. The Cavs won that particular game, and we won. Now, is it because we're special people or we, because we're super talented? No, it's because we have a great coach. They call him the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus. And he wants you guys on his team. And I know what some of you are thinking, you know, sometimes we go places. And this one guy told me, you know, brother, he says, you're really intimidating. You know, I'm not that big. I'm five foot nine. I says, what makes me so intimidating? He says, well, just, you know, you walk with God and stuff. And I I looked at him and I thought, you know, I'm not really an intimidating. I mean, you'd ask my family. I'm not an intimidating person. But, you know, just when you have the presence of God with you, sometimes that can make you intimidating. And it's the same thing that happened with King David in Goliath. Anybody know that story? I'm going to quickly just go over it for you because I've I've actually been in the tomb of King David in Israel. And I can relate a lot with King David because King David was a man after God's own heart. And it's been my desire to be a man after God's own heart. But one thing that I liked about David was he never looked at the outward circumstances. He always looked to the God that he served. And, you know, when David was walking out into the army, first of all, they made fun of him. His little brothers made fun of him for even thinking about going out there. And then King Saul says, you know what? Maybe we'll do it. And I'm thinking in King Saul's mind, he's probably thinking, you know what? If anything, David will cause a diversion. You know, this kid's kind of a, uh, you know, he could be expendable. He'd go out there and Goliath will kill him and we'll come around and maybe defeat the Philistines. He thought maybe he'd be a good scapegoat. But David had other plans and so did God. God had other plans too. But you see, even before this, God was preparing David for what he was coming up against. He actually brought a lion and a bear to try to steal the sheep that he was guarding as a boy. And what did David do? He killed both the lion and the bear. You know, some of you are going through, man, why am I going through so many struggles? Why am I going through so many trials? You see, God's preparing you for the big opportunities that he's bringing your way. And you need to be ready for those opportunities. You know, we were performing for America's Got Talent. I knew we were going to be on this stage, and we didn't know what to expect. So what I did was we went into a gym. I shut all the lights off in the gym. I put my kids on all these 10-foot unicycles, all the kids on unicycles. And we put strobe lights in this gym, turned the music on really loud, and we did our whole program like about 10 or 15 times in that dark gym. And the reason I did that was because I wanted to be prepared for whatever they threw at us when we got to New York. And seeing that, yeah, that's what God was doing with, with, with King David. He was preparing this guy. He says, man, I got a plan for you. Right now, just be faithful in what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing. But, you know, there's going to be an opportunity. And say, here's the scoop. Anybody ever heard of a motivational speaker named Zig Ziglar? Well, Zig Ziglar has a quote. He says, success is when opportunity meets preparation. I'm going to say that again. Success is when opportunity meets preparation and the question i have for you is what are you doing right now to prepare yourself for the opportunities that god is going to give you in your life what is it that you're doing that's that, that you are preparing for right now that god is going to give you when he gives you the opportunity because those opportunities are going to come your way they're going to come knocking like that door right there that they're, they're going to become knocking and you're going to open that door and if you're prepared you'll walk right through that door but if you're not prepared, then you know what? You're not going to be able to go through that door. It's real simple. But my favorite part of the whole story is when David walks out into the battlefield, he chose five smooth stones. And he said, <laughs> you know, he came, comes out there and Goliath says, What? You send a, a boy out here? Come here, young man. I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David, undaunted, looks straight at that giant. And he was probably, I mean, he could have been as high as his ceiling. You know, I mean, it's a big guy. Whatever he was, they say he's nine foot, and that's that's a that's a could be a a, a very meager uh, description of him. But he could be as much from from anywhere from eight to twelve feet tall. That guy, he was one of the nephilim of the of the of the of the Bible. So he's a giant, a big guy. He's not like six eight. He's like like eight foot. i I've been with guys that are eight feet tall. I was on a Guinness World Records show, and there was a guy, Matt McRory. He's eight foot tall. Big guy. But anyway, he's huge, and I saw them, and he'd be very intimidating. But I was, when when he saw him, David looked right at him and says, "You come at me with sword and spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord God of Israel." And he prophesied to him. He says, "Today God's going to deliver you into my hand, and I'm going to cut off your head." <laughs> and you know what? That's exactly what happened. And the next part of the story is my favorite because here's what happened: David he didn't sit back and wait for the giant. He ran at the giant. He ran at the giant he swung his stone hit him right between the head first shot took his own sword the giant's own sword and did exactly what he told him he was going to do he cut off his head i think saul and the whole army of israel was shocked number one but number two it also gave them a a desire to like man he just beat the best warrior these other guys are nothing let's go you see for 40 days goliath had daunted that that Whole army of Israel. Bring out your best warrior. Who's going to fight me? Nobody. They would cower in fear. Look at the size of that guy. I mean, from a distance, you know, he's across the valley. He must have been huge. The guy, his armor bearer was probably half his size. So they could easily see this guy is like not not joking. He's like going to kill somebody. And it's not going to be me. Well, here you go. When you go into life, what's going to happen is you're going to be like, man, that's too, <laughs> too fearful. It's called the, the mouse with the microphone. You know, you go into that dark room, and you hear this, you're going to die. And it's all dark. Man, I'm not going in there. But all of a sudden, you get the little faith, and you the faith of God's word, and you flick on the, the light of faith. It turns on the light, and you look in the corner, it's a mouse with a microphone. Because in the sight of God, see, David did not see Goliath. He saw the God behind Goliath. And it was his, his God that was going to defeat him. And see, that's what gave all these prophets of old. Remember Elisha, you know, and all the different the chariots on the mountain. There's all kinds of stories like that throughout the Bible. And you see, when you get to, to the end of your life, you're going to say, you know what? I lived a good life. I made a good living. But you know what? I never led one person to the Lord. Do you know that 95% of Christians have never won one person to Christ? 95 of people who claim to follow Christ. Well, you see, Bruce, you don't understand. That's not my gift. Well, I have, a, I have news for you. That's not one of the gifts listed in the Scripture. Sharing your faith is not a gift. You know what it is? It's a command. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Oh, well, you don't understand. I have no money. You know what? Neither do I. Well, I, I can't speak very well. No, I can't. You see... You're forgetting the promises of God's word. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now, would all things include sharing your faith? Or maybe all things would include maybe giving a little extra? All things would include maybe stepping out of your comfort zone? You know, do you think when Peter was in that boat, he didn't feel like, man, I don't want to step out of this boat. But you know what? He did. He saw Jesus walking on the water. He's thinking, man, if he can do it, I think I can do it. Jesus, if that's you, command me to come to you. Jesus says, come. So Peter stepped out of the boat and put his foot on the sea. Not the sea, which you're thinking. No. the C, the O, and the M, and the E. He put, the, he put his foot on one word. He, Jesus said, game one word, come. And he, stuck, he walked on the water. He says he walked on the water. God wanted to prove he let him walk on the water. A natural man, just like you, just like me. Peter, I mean, he's just like, I mean, he has to go to the bathroom. He has to pick his nose. He's got to do everything just like you and me. And he's just a normal person. But he walked on the water. And what was the difference? Well, he stepped out of his comfort zone. And sometimes, you know, when you step out of your comfort zone, God's going to make you fall flat on your face. Boom. And that's what happened with Peter. He started drowning. Hey, Jesus, oh, no. But when people... Remember that story, they don't necessarily remember the fact that he drowned, they remember the fact that that guy walked on the water with Jesus. Sure he drowned, but you're thinking man, if that was me, I probably would have drowned too. Cuz we're all human. So, here's a scoop. we got a poster here, champions choose the difficult path. What does P stand for there? Purpose. purpose. What's your purpose in life? You know, if I have a if I have my shoe on here, and it's sitting in the closet. The shoe really doesn't have a purpose until it puts on my foot. Then that thing protects my foot. Same with a glove. You've got purposes for a lot of different things. See this basketball here? If this basketball, could you, right, Ben, go get me a, a flat basketball back there. Or Zach. If I had a basketball here, here is a flat basketball right here. Now, with this basketball, if it does not have air in it, I found out they certainly don't dribble very well. It might bounce a little bit, but it does not come up like it's supposed to. And if you try to spin these flat things, it does not spin. But what happens is when you feel the basketball with the right substance, it becomes useful in the hands of a master. Now, I happen to be a master at spinning a basketball. I've set world records doing it. I do it actually for a living. And so when I have a good basketball in my hand, I can know immediately whether that's a good spinner or a bad spinner. Because some of them have a like a wobble to them and stuff. So I kind of have to go through some of them and find the good spinners that I like to use in my show. And see, God is the same way. He's looking for the good spinners. You know, if you're a guy like this here, you say, you know what? I don't need that guy. But you know that this guy could be useful right here. You know what? You know, it's a little bit low. Let's fill him up a little bit with more of the Holy Spirit so he bounces good. And so God will fill you up with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then you actually aren't the show. You become a tool for the show because the real show is Jesus. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It says when you lift up the name of Jesus, he'll draw all men unto himself. When you start lifting up the name of Jesus in your life, you know, last night, Eric and I went to Ace Hardware because I needed to get a cord for our bus. And as we're talking there, I got into the discussion with this young lady. Her name is Abigail. She goes to a Bible college recently, or uh, going to Bible college here. And we got to talk to her and got to kind of encourage one another in our faiths here. And as we were talking, I'm thinking to myself, here is a, a young lady who's just, you know, doing a job, you know, as a cashier at, at uh, Ace Hardware just biding her time and i you know i'm I'm thinking to her what is she doing right now to prepare for the opportunities god is going to be preparing for her and what are you doing right now are you full of air like this do you have a purpose in life okay some people you know when i was going to college these guys purpose was to get a good job you know make sure you get that education and then after that you know make sure you get that job with that good benefits and then after you get them good benefits, make sure, you know, you get that good retirement, that 401K, because that's going to send you into retirement. And then after you're done with retirement, you can go and see the world and drive that big motor home down the road and see everything. Is that your plan for your life? I mean, that might be a plan for a lot of people's lives. But I've got a, a new idea. Use your job as a tool. Don't let your job become the big cheese right there. Make Jesus the big cheese in your life and use your job as a tool to to, give, to bring people to Christ. Maybe, maybe you make a lot of money. Help other people. Maybe if you can't go into all the world, you can send other people into all the world. And you may say, well, wait a second, Bruce. I'm too old. You know, I just, you know what? Moses, when he started leading the children of Israel out of Egypt, he was 80 years old. He's 80. Is, would that be considered old by today's standards? I mean, he's an older fella. And he actually started his ministry of leading the children of Israel, and he did some of the most awesome, incredible miracles. God did some of the most awesome, incredible miracles through that man splitting the Red Sea, walking through the Red Sea, you know, coming down on the mountain. Moses, when he came down, his face shone like the sun. They couldn't even look at the guy. He had a walk with God. And when you start walking with God, Eric was telling me, uh, Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That's kind of the theme for this whole week. God wants you, no matter what you're doing, whether you're digging ditches, running a forklift, whether you're, you know, maybe a greeter at Walmart, whatever you are doing, you need to shine for Jesus. You know, maybe give an encouraging word. Maybe give a a little gospel check. Hey, here's something for you to read later on. We try to give out cards and gospel tracts and books to all kinds of people when we're on the road. Because when we're, when we're on the road, when we share Jesus, it's not just up here when I'm talking to you guys. Hey, we're trying to share Jesus at all times. Become a light. How do you become a light? Only when there are certain times? No. And you may say, Bruce, what are the qualifications for sharing your faith? Well, they're given right in Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul said these words. He said, I, brothers, I come to you with no eloquence of speech. I knew nothing except for Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness, fear, and much trembling. Those are the five qualifications for for sharing your faith. Paul says, I came to you with no eloquence of speech. First qualification, you're not supposed to be able to speak very well. He says, "Yeah, I can't speak very well. Second qualification, he says, I knew nothing except for Christ and Him crucified. Second qualification, stupidity. Paul, the, the only thing he knew was Christ and Him crucified. <clears throat> weakness fear, and much trembling. Those are the five qualifications for sharing your faith. And if you, if you exhibit any one of those qualifications, I got great news for you. You qualify to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if you get up in front of people, and you're like a Billy Graham or a Franklin Graham, and you've got great words, and you can know exactly what to say, and you're up there, and you're sharing this stuff, you know what? Hey, some of the glory of God is getting stolen because you're such a great guy. You got great, you know, maybe you're a great singer and, you know, you do a great job. But, hey, God says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Like, like Eric was telling us. He said he sang one time in church. He said he just made a joyful noise unto the Lord, <laughs> okay? But we all have our gifts, right? So God's got a purpose. What does A stand for there? A stands for attitude. You know, there's a man, his name was Sir Christopher Wren. Sir Christopher Wren was an English architect, and he designed a great cathedral. And they were going to build this cathedral, and so they're building this big cathedral there, over in England. And as they're building this cathedral, a reporter came by, and he said, "You know what? I'm going to go interview three workers." And so he decided, "I'm going to interview three workers. I'm going to ask them this one question. The question is, what are you doing?" And so they came up to the first worker, and he says, "They asked him this question: What are you doing?" And the guy says, well, he says, I'm just biding my time, you know, just, you know, working for 10 shillings a day. The second, second guy, said, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm putting these bricks, one on top of the other, you know, and, you know, just stacking them up. He asked the third guy, what are you doing? He says, man, what am I doing? I'm helping Sir Christopher Wren build this huge, beautiful cathedral. And you see, it all had to do with their attitude. You know, when you look at the little menial tasks, like doing the dishes, you know, kids doing the dishes, cleaning your room, you're thinking, man, what am I doing? This is not God's plan for my life. My God's plan for my life is bigger than this. I remember one time I flew halfway across the world. I went all the way over there, and on my way home, I'm thinking, man, what did I go over there for? I didn't even have hardly an opportunity or do nothing. But on the way back, this young gentleman prayed to receive Christ on the plane. And I'm thinking to myself, would God fly me all the way over there, do hardly nothing, then fly me back just so I could sit by this guy on the plane? Yeah. You know, and we go through life, and here's our attitude. Hey, you know what? I would like to help you, ma'am, but, you know, I got to go do God's will. You know, but I'll pray for you. See you? Yeah, I'll pray for you. See you later. You know, hey, that could have been God's will for the whole thing right there. God wants you to take your eyes off yourself. And here's the, here's the will. Anybody want to know the God's will for your life? You might want to write this down. Here's God's will for your life. You ask me what the will of God is, I answer you, true. It's the nearest thing that needs to be done that God can do through you. I'm going to say that again. You ask me what the will of God is, I answer you, true. It's the nearest thing that needs to be done that God can do through you. Well, you say, I can't do the dishes? That's not part of God's will. I don't want to clean my room. I mean, I've got bigger things to do than that. I've got, got to study for this test that I don't want to study for. No, God, that might be God's will for your life at that moment. So, hey, change your attitude. What does T stand for? <clears throat> Think of others. Anybody ever heard of a man named William Booth? William Booth is the founder of an organization that's all over the world. He was helping a bunch of drunks down in one area, got these guys off of alcohol, got them working, and then did the same thing in another town. And it got to the point where other people saying, you know what, I want to do that in our town. So these other guys said, you know what, what are you doing? So he started this organization, and this organization is still going today. It's called the Salvation Army. William Booth started it by helping a bunch of drunk people get off alcohol and find, find God. And so what happened was, William Booth is now in his older years, and he is, every year they would have a convention where they'd bring all these Salvation Army cadet, uh, can, uh, um, cadets come from all over the world to hear Mr. Booth speak. But this particular year, he couldn't speak because he was so sick. He was on his deathbed. And so they said to Mr. Booth, he said, man, you got to come. All the leadership came. you got to come and speak. He said, well, I can't. I'm too sick. He said, well, you know, and I know what, can you write a note? So he said, yeah. So he scribbled a little note down and gave it to the leadership. Leadership got in front of all, all the, the delegates from all over the world. And they said, we got a message from Mr. William Booth. And they opened up the note, and to their surprise, there was one word. And the word was others. You see, if you go through your whole life, and you're thinking of one person. By the way, we're living in the me me generation. By the way, I want to take a selfie right now. That's the me generation. Okay, we're living in the me generation. It's okay to take a selfie now and then. It's okay to think of yourself now and then. But remember... If you live your whole life and think of nobody but yourself, you are going to die a lonely old man and a lonely old woman. But if you start going out of your way for others, how do you spell the word joy? J O Y. Jesus, others, and you, in that order. If you want to have joy in your life, put God first, other other people second, and yourself last, you know what's going to happen? Well, you're going to miss out, bro. I'm going to be the last of the line. Yeah, you will. Probably, a lot of your life. But the the more you start thinking about serving other people, what's going to happen is God says, hey, you can't all give God. I mean, you start start trying to out- Look at the book of Malachi. God says, test me. You start making sure I've got enough in my house. I'm going to give you a blessing so big you can't even contain it. And that's the truth. You know, I have a wife. We have 12 children. But my house is paid for. That bus we drive is paid for? It's like I, I drive around, I'm living a dream, and I'm thinking, how'd this happen? But my wife and I, we decided, you know, we're going to start trying to, to give and maybe go out of our way for other people if we, as much as we can. And when you start giving your time, your talent, and your finances, people think giving is just finance. No, no, no. It's your time and your talent and your finances. There are places we go where people pay us to go, and places that I go where people don't pay us to go. But this is what I do for a living. People say, "Well, you know, you can come for nothing." I said, "Sure." And they say, "Really?" Cuz I know that you cannot outgive God. When in God, when in God's economy, God's miraculous plan of economy, it's like this. God says, "Don't give with what's in your bank account. Give with what's in my bank account." And the, our father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And if he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, I think he owns the hills and everything else too, don't you? He sure does. When you start stepping out of your comfort zone, I had a guy before this motorhome that I have out here. I had a guy give us a $129,000 motorhome. Like shocking, like what? You're giving it to us? What? And I had seen 2 years before that, this guy came up to me and said, "Hey, this God gave me a $25,000 motorhome." I said, "What?" He was an Indian gentleman uh, gentleman from Minnesota. And I talked, or no, he was from Arizona. And I talked to him and I said, and I looked at Diane and I go, how does God just give a person something like that? I'd never had anything happen like that in my life. And I always thought that happened to the other person. So we started praying, thank you, God, for the bus you're going to give us. You know what God gave us? A bus. Because when you're about the king's business, remember this, he'll be about your business. When you're about the king's business, he'll be about your business. And you're going to start seeing things happen in your life. You're going to start thinking not in terms of who you are. Because here's the problem. I've got, I got some news for you. You're going to be your worst enemy. Every one of you. Your, your enemy is not the guy living down the block. Your, got, your enemy is not some person on television that you absolutely hate. Your enemy is you. And the reason I say that is because when you look in the mirror, you're going to find a hundred things wrong with yourself. Oh, my ears are too big. My nose is too small. My hair is too short, too long. My, kids, my skin's the wrong color. <laughs> and so that's why you have racial tensions. You have all these things. Because people are looking on the outside. They're looking at themselves in the mirror and going, man, I just, uh, I don't know if I can make it. But here's the problem. I'm not about this color, that color. I'm about God's kingdom. And it says in Second Peter two nine. but you... This is the person I want to be. I'm not a member of this earth. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood a, priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God wants you. Forget about who you are. Maybe you were born on the wrong side of the tracks. Forget about all that garbage. God says, I'm going to pull you, just like I did King David, out of the shepherd's field if you want out of the shepherd's field, right on the battlefield. And I'm not going to throw you out there to the lions. I'll do just like I did with with, uh, Daniel. You may be in with the lions, but they're not going to touch you. Goliath will not touch you, which he didn't. David did all the touching, and it wasn't a happy touch, was it? It was a sad touch (laughs) for Goliath. But he went out because he was looking at not who he was on the outside. He was looking at who he was in God's kingdom. And he is a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, so he can proclaim the praises of him who called him out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let's give God a big hand for that. Amen?
2: <clears throat>
0: so here's a scoop. Purpose, attitude, think of others. And what does A stand for? High standards. High standards. Okay. Now, in Scripture, it says that you can be a vessel of honor, right? Or a vessel of dishonor. Okay? Okay. You can be like a plain cup, or you can be like that piece of china that they want to put right out on the table to show everybody. What kind of a vessel is it that you want to be? Okay, that's the question I have for you. What kind of vessel do you want to be? Because you know what's going to happen? If you think you can or you think you can't, <laughs> you're right. If you think you can or you think you can't, you are Right? When I was younger, I had a dream of playing in the NBA. And if you ask me today, Bruce, you still like to, would you still like to play in the NBA? I tell you, I do. Which team do you play for? All of them. How do you play for all the teams? Well, I don't know. The Chicago Bulls, Cleveland Cavaliers, Oklahoma City Thunder on March 23rd. We're going to be right here in your state performing at a halftime show. I get to play in the NBA, but I don't have to ride around in a bus with a bunch of other sweaty guys. <laughs> I got a bus just like theirs, and I get to ride around with my family. Is it because I'm a special person? No. Is it because I'm super talented? Mm-mm. It's because I have a great coach, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. His name is Jesus. And he wants you on his team. And Jesus is saying to you, hey, I'm not going to beg you to follow me, but I want you to know it will be difficult. But if you want to be a champion, you got to choose that difficult path. There's an easy path. There's, the Bible says there's a wide road and there's the narrow road. When you stay on that narrow road, It's going to be difficult. And I tell you, having a wife, 12 children, traveling 200 days out of the year, is can be difficult. You know, the other morning, we got up to go. We're going to Iowa State to perform for the men's and women's halftime shows. And it was the coldest morning. (laughs) It was freezing cold. It was like 20 below zero up in South Dakota. And was it Ben or who was it? Ben was out there with me. So we get our bus. We have a big shed we park our bus in because the bus wouldn't start if I didn't have a shed. So we park it, and we pull it out. We hook up our trailer, and the, it's four, about 5 in the morning, so it's pitch black out. We plug in the lights, and the lights don't work on the trailer. 20 below zero. So I said, okay, Ben, let's back the trailer into the shed. And we packed it into the shed. The shed is heated, but it's the door is wide open. And it's freezing. I mean, it's not... 20 below, it's like only 10 below now. (laughs) So we're in there, we're trying to get these lights working. We're spending a half hour, we're having to go into the bus every now and then just to get warm, my fingers are about falling off. But we finally got the lights working, praise God. But it's stuff like that, it's a constant. 99% of the battle, it's just showing up. After you show up, I remember one time, my oldest son Jacob, who's not here, but my oldest son Jacob comes to me And we had just had two flat tires on a trip, and we got there just in the nick of time. And they're introducing us, and Jake looks at me and says, they have no idea what we just went through to get here. And that's the truth. Sometimes people don't know half of it. But you see, trials and tribulations are going to come into your life. We had a recent tragedy in our life. My oldest son, Jacob, has four children. He's 29. His wife is 29. But she died in her sleep four months ago, so things happen in life, but we're not blaming God, we know that God has all things, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose, so things happen in life, things that we don't understand, but we are praising God, and it was one of those phone calls that my wife and I got, that you never want to get as a parent, I mean for us, it was like losing a daughter, because we had known Alicia, his wife, for 17 years, they had been married for 10 years, they have four beautiful children, but he's doing good. He's doing great. God's getting us over it, getting us through it. But praise God, we have a great God in heaven. Let's give him a big hand, all right? <laughs> H stands for high standards. What kind of standards do you want in your life? You want high standards. Okay, you want to be a vessel of honor. Okay, here's what happened. If you start having a purpose in life, you start having a great attitude, and you start thinking of others, you're going to be very, very successful. Why? Is God's going to make you successful. And here's what's going to happen. People are going to come up to you and go, man, brother, you've got a great purpose. You've got a great attitude. Whoa, you're thinking of others. Man, I want to be just like you. And you're going to go, you know what? Yeah, I do have that purpose, and I am looking pretty good. You know what? Yeah. You start thinking of yourself more highly than you should. and H, the high standard you should have, H stands for humility. When people pat you on the back because you have that good purpose, because you have that good attitude, because you're thinking of others, People are like, some people are like, yeah, man, it's all me, man, it's all me. Look at me. No, here's what you do. When people give you the pat on the back, you say, you know what? (laughs) Thank you very much. But first of all, I would like to thank my parents, my coaches and my teachers, those people who put up with me when I had a rotten attitude as a youngster. But most importantly, I want to thank my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, because I couldn't do anything without him. And when you give credit where credit credit is due, okay, that is, is the finishing touch on the path. Because it's not about you, it's about Him. And the more you start realizing that in life, your life will start taking on more meaning. So what we're going to do is we're going to get that music going. We're going to take the program here to the next level. We brought some really big unicycles. And if you want to watch that video of when we did this on America's Got Talent, you can go to championsforever.com. And if you go to championsforever on Instagram, you can actually... Follow us on there. We've got some cool videos and stuff on Instagram as champions forever. But we need some music, please. Here we go. Did you get it? Did you see it? One big clap. Okay, we're going to do a couple more things here. Uh, my son, Josiah, and Ben are going to ride um, some interesting-looking unicycles. One of them is a two-wheel unicycle. And it, what it is is you actually – it's probably one of the di- most difficult things you'll ever try to ride because you have to think totally opposite of where way you normally ride because you pedal backwards to go forwards. So, And then Josiah is going to ride the thing we called – the walk-a-cycle is probably one of the the most difficult thing to ride that I've ever tried, because it's it's just is Josiah. Could you show him that thing? Just turn it sideways and pedal the thing. Show him. it's actually where the wheel is. You have feet that walk. So he's gonna try to he's gonna try to ride that thing for you. <clears throat> and as you're as you're watching these guys ride these things, when Ben's riding that two-wheel unicycle, sometimes you might feel like you're going backwards in life. But with Jesus, even when you're going backwards, you're going forwards. And sometimes you might think like you're not getting anywhere in your walk, but like Josiah here, he's going to show you. Hey, take one step at a time. The the a journey of a thousand miles begins with that first step, right? So here we go. Music, please. Here we go. go. here. I brought a whole bunch of basketballs. I'm going to try to spin the whole pile at the same time. Think we can do it? Okay, here we go. Here's the... you feel? One big clap. Did you get it? Did you see it? One big clap. I'd like to thank Eric and Shelly Cox, our good friends. Give them a big hand. Thank you so much for inviting us. Hey, be praying for us. Next week, we're going to be in a bunch of schools, and I'd like to thank my wife, Diane. Couldn't do it without her. Give her a big hand. High five, honey. Josiah, Ben, Micah, Zach, Nathan, Tori, and Tessa. Thank you very much. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Hey, we've got a table back here, and we've got some t-shirts, books. My wife and I, over the years, people said, you need to write a book. So you know what we did? We wrote a book. And uh, it's a book unlike anything you've ever seen, because not only is it a book, but it's got a, some cool stuff in it. It's got some, uh, on the front cover, there's a code that has 11 words in it. you got to try to figure out. And then we also put a little flip book on the side, so if you can't read... You can actually flip it and watch the little movie on the side of the book. But uh, there are seven codes champions do before they die. And if you die before you do these codes, your life will be unfulfilled. So we wrote that book. And we have t-shirts and basketballs. We donate the proceeds of everything that we sell to feed hungry children. My hungry children. These guys are hungry. Help us out. All right? <laughs> Here's
3: Eric. Thank you. Yeah, that, you know, ministries are, let's go ahead and give the Lord some praise for that. Hallelujah. Um, hey, Angela, would you come? Would you play for me? Hey, here's what I want you to do. T- three things that I want you to, to take away with you. Number one is that Bruce and Diane and the children, that, that's part of their ministry. That's what they do. Um, you can be able to, pr- like, purchase T-shirts, and you can get that book. If you'll take the book, there's just some codes on there, some key things in that book, some secrets there, if you would be would, would be known on the book. And um, there's some ways to figure that out. Now, one way you can help them is to, is to purchase some product from them. The Another way is what we want to do is, Richard, if you want to, I would like to take up an offering. Are you guys okay if we sow in to this ministry? Some of you have already sown in, but I want us to be able to sow into this ministry. So if you're here today and you can help out, just write a check to Living Word Fellowship Church. You can go on our website. LWFChurch.com. You can click on the donate button there, and you can be able to donate there. We'll have the ushers come if you want to write a check. Just write it to Living Word Fellowship Church, and um, and and they're gonna they're gonna give. And you give as the Lord leads you today. And we'll take one check uh, of what we got before and what we're gonna help them out with, and we're gonna sew into this ministry. How many of you know we like to sew into? the kingdom of God. And how many of you know they're really operating in the kingdom of God, and it's exciting to be able to see them operate. The other thing that I want to ask you today is, as the ushers are passing this basket this morning, is what about you? Have you ever made a profession of faith before the Lord? Have you ever made a public profession of faith? Maybe you're here today, and you're saying, you know what? I've I've just... I just known about God or I was raised in a family that was a Christian family and you just think that's the thing that you already have is is Christianity and it's 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 not about that it's about receiving Christ as your lord and savior. It's about receiving him for the forgiveness of sin. John 3:16 says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Shall not perish. But have everlasting life. If you're here today and you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I'm just going to ask everybody just to stand as as, as people are moving around, and as Bruce will have his his uh, his his table open here when we're done. But I want to just ask you about that today. If you could just nobody keep moving around here. I just I just want us to just take this moment of God today. If you're here today, I'm not here, we're not here to embarrass you. and no, we're not here to do any of those sort of things. If I've got some prayer people, prayer teams, Linda, if you guys could, we, I want you to be available over by the door. Jesus said He is the door. He is the way. He is the gate. You can't come to the Father but unless you come to Jesus. So today, just every, every, high, every eye closed, just a moment, if you will. Just every eye closed, every head bowed. We're just... We're doing this just to focus on God. Just a moment, just a moment there, just a moment. And back at the table, hey Bruce, if you guys could just kind of pause just a moment here, back at the table. Um, I want to just ask you. Maybe you're here today, and you've said, you know what, I, I, I gave my life to Christ, but I've never really told anybody, or I've never, I've never really made that public profession of faith. We're not going to ask you to stand up. We're not going to ask you to stand up and just say, here, I'm I'm for Jesus. But I want to give you an opportunity for others to pray for you, for you to be able to say, look, I need prayer. I can give an altar call that would include every person in this, but I'm not. Because it's about you and your relationship with Christ. That's the one thing I noticed about Bruce and Diane when we met them is they were godly people and they loved God with all their heart. All their mind and all their soul. And they love their neighbor as themselves. That's why we were attracted to each other. Today Jesus is calling you. He's been pursuing you. If you're here today. If you're here today. And you want to give your life to Christ. And you've never done that before. Or maybe you did it and it was just because the youth group did it. maybe you did it and you know. That you know now I need to make that profession of faith. Every eye closed. Every head bowed, just a moment. I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up to the Lord today. Just slip your hand up to the Lord today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And I'm going to pray, and I'm going to dismiss you guys here in just a little bit. And I'm, I, I'm, I want you to go just have them pray for you. Just have them pray for you. they got a gift, actually, to give you. Um, they've got this new life book, and, they, and it helps you on your walk. And maybe you maybe you just say you know what i want to rededicate my life today if that's you today and you just want to slip your hand up just say that's that's me today pastor eric i, I as that's, that's me today thank you thank you lord thank you lord i see that i see that thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord i'm going to pray here in just a moment and and we're going to dismiss and you guys are going to just be loved on by each other but i want you to step over here and i want you to to let them pray for you, we may need some more prayer, prayer warriors over here. I need some prayer teams. Those of you who know who you are. I want to pray that God will increase you this year. And you want increase? Anybody want increase? Yes, we want. I want increase of His love, His goodness, His graciousness, His His His, His wonderfulness. Transformation is not easy. It's difficult. Like He talked about, it's it's a hard road sometimes. I want to just pray for you today as we dismiss. God, I thank you for those that are giving their life to Christ and rededicating their lives today. But you're the true, you're the true way. You're the true life. You, well, We may have tried to do things in different ways and different times, but God, you are it. Jesus, you died on the cross for us, but you rose again. And you're ever seated in the right hand of the Father interceding for us. You're encouraging us. You're praying for us. You you, you want the best for us. You you, You want us to be able to be overcomers. You want us to be these champions. I thank you for that. God, and I call forth out of each and every person here the champion of Christ, the champion that you've made them, gifted them, designed them to be in Jesus' name. And everybody, everybody said amen. Can we give the Lord some praise? Hallelujah. Listen, if you got those issues going on in your life, please have. let us have prayer for you. We bless you today. God bless you today. Thank you for giving. Thank you for sowing. If you want some t-shirts or basketballs, please help yourself there. We're here to minister to you today. Prayer teams are open. Come. Come. Come and visit our prayer teams. God bless you.